Welcome to another episode of the Sock It To Me podcast, where we talk a little bit of socks and a whole lot of socks. And then so many more socks, you guys. So many socks. All of the socks. No, just kidding. Just kidding. We are the Miles Offside podcast. We talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of socks more recently and everything else. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar. And with me, as always, is my co-host Chuck Bailey and super producer Ian Stimson. What a dual introduction. How do we deal with this? I had something prepared. You throw me for a loop. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, Ian. I got nothing. Oh, great. Because Shrugs are really good on air. Jesus Christ, <laughs> mate. Fuck. Well, I just feel bad because I always leave Ian for like three minutes later. We're like halfway through a conversation. I'm like, oh, by the way, that's Ian, you guys. Yeah, it's because he sits there in a gimp mask and just waits for Oscar's permission to speak. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we can never live stream this, guys. Yeah, although if we were live streaming, we would see that we had agreed to wear Christmas sweaters, but only one Ooh. of us fucking showed up in one. <clears throat> Look, gentlemen, you put this out there, to which we both replied that we don't own Christmas jumpers. Because we're grown-ups. Because we're adults. <laughs> like what with kids and stuff. Oh, he's, he's lighting his Christmas jumper up now. Meanwhile, <laughs> you're there with some sort of flaming Rocky and Bullwinkle... <laughs> light up Christmas tree stuff. And my hat. Don't forget my hat. And your Chelsea yeah. hat. And it's just very off-putting. Honestly, I'm a little surprised, Chuck. With Given how much you're obsessed with Christmas like I am, I would have thought you'd have a, a massive Christmas jumper, as you would say, collection. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm a sweaty, sweaty man. I don't really own an extensive amount of jumpers. I'm not a hipster, as you adamantly keep on going on about that I am. I mean, how many Christmas jumpers do you own, Oscar? Uh, enough to last me a whole week. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Let's just say that. When I was deciding which one to wear tonight, I figured I'd go with the light-up one, you know, for the Skype. A little bit to give you guys a light show. Um, but I was between this, I have a couple of Chelsea ones, I have a Star Wars one. Uh, I have a bunch. Keep yeah. going. Keep going. No, I mean, <laughs> the rest are just like regular Christmas sweaters that are just ugly and Christmassy. In the picture I took of you, you look so happy though, Oscar. <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. I was going to go. I have um, my favorite one is a gray one with a reindeer and he's wearing a Chelsea hat and a Chelsea scarf. But I figured wearing my Chelsea Christmas hat with the Chelsea Christmas sweater would be a bit of overkill. So I went. Yeah, with, you know, yeah fair enough. Is it a Chelsea half and half scarf or? <laughs> no, no, no. That's would that not wall? be acceptable? Uh, it's half Christmas, half Easter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome. We're happy to have you aboard. Uh, how many weeks can I keep that Marvel joke going? I'm going to go for it. If you are still coming back four episodes later from the Marvel Super Spectacular, you know, you've been catching a Marvel reference here and there. I might mention the new Spider-Man movie that I watched this past weekend at some point over the course of the show. Uh, and yeah, we're going to jump in through some news, you know, check in with the big picture of the league now that it's about the halfway mark. Um, take a break, come back with some listener questions, some predictor games, and say farewell to 2018, because this will be our last podcast for the year. Yeah, we'd never get them out quick enough to stay topical, so we're going to take a break next week. And, you, and you'd never think that not being able to get it out quick enough and Ian Stimson would be mentioned in the same sentence. So. Hey-oh! <laughs> a horrible reputation around Peterborough. <laughs> that's saying something for Peterborough exactly oh boy my name's Huey Lewis give me the news rapid 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 fire news 
power of love. <laughs> you don't need money, guys. Don't need fame. Don't need no credit card to ride this train. <laughs> I love the fact that you are happy to do 80s music references when you're like 28 or whatever. 27, but keep going. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, to be fair, I'm 28 in like four weeks. Oh, God. Oh, I'm nearly 30, guys. It's all gone. It's all going to hell, Chuck. You're less than a Phil Foden contract away from 30. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm like a third of a Phil Foden contract away yeah, from... Yeah, that's, that's right around the corner. Oh, God. <laughs> this is all the slowest rapid-fire news that we've ever had. Doubt Shall it. we actually Doubt get it. to it? I'm pretty sure you could time it, and this definitely wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're five minutes into the segment. We haven't even gotten to the first story. So let's see how this goes. All right. Our top story this evening. The Champions League draw is complete, gentlemen, for the knockout stages. Liverpool have been lucky enough to draw Bayern Munich, while Man United got PSG. Uh, do we think that either of those teams or both of those teams are going to make it through? I think I don't think there's really any team that you'd see Liverpool get drawn against and you and you wouldn't think they had a chance really because against Bayern obviously Bayern is such a big team but they've been very much out of sorts this year yeah um what other big teams could they be drawn against Barcelona that would have been if if it had been very interesting if that could have come out or or Real but I I think it's I don't think Liverpool have anything to fear really off of anyone so I think it's very interesting um there's a few of the English teams obviously have like slightly easier ones um, so like yeah, Man City, City got Schalke and Tottenham got Dortmund. Yeah, and they played each other last year. Now Dortmund have been absolutely on fire, mm-hmm. um, rocking the Bundesliga, doing some filthy NFL style trick plays on free kicks. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Ah, oh, the the dummy and the cell and the conversation before it's it's perfect. Like, give it give it a little look, Oscar, and it, it's it's well worth the price of admission. I really enjoyed that. Really well done. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll be sure to check that out. So if you had to put your money right now, how many English teams are making it past the round of 16? Mm, two for sure. Which two? City and I think City Liverpool? and Liverpool go through, yeah. Okay. Tottenham, even though they, they did well against Dortmund last year, I wouldn't count either side out of that. United have PSG, right? PSG, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, PSG should just rip them apart. Uh, I think I'd go two also, although I'd take the two Manchester teams. City, because they're amazing, and United for the lulls. Um, Munich, you're right, had started off really poorly the season, but uh, they've kind of started to turn it around. And as good as Liverpool are, I don't think that they're a match for Munich when Munich are playing well. And then Dortmund are just going to run riot on Tottenham. Tottenham haven't been that good. They've started to turn it around recently, but Dortmund are on fire. I just, I don't see that going very well for Tottenham at all, but... You know me, I'm terrible at predictions, so probably the other exact opposite thing. <laughs> Hold it for the second half, buddy. Okay, all right. All right. Uh, Ian, anything to add there? Even being overly positive, I cannot bring myself to think that Man United are going to beat PSG. So No. And to be honest, let's face it, there's a part of us that doesn't want it to happen. I don't want it to happen. <laughs> and I, I do support English teams in Europe. But, you know, I haven't got any nonsense about that. But I just I just think, for the like you say, for the lols, I just... Whatever chaos happens at Man United is absolutely fine by me. Mourinho was let go by Chelsea on December 17th after a big loss to Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. So it is December 17th. They're having a disappointing season and they just had a big loss to Jurgen Klopp's <laughs> Liverpool. So I kind of was expecting to record today and him having been fired already just for the like 
you know, karmic sort of circularity of that, but it didn't work. That out. would be lovely. The wheels on the bus have fallen off. Fallen <laughs> off. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, next story. Crystal Palace to be offered the chance to sign Yaya Toure. Chuck, put it back in your pants. Put it in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> this according to readcrystalpalace.com, who was citing an article by the Daily Mail, who was citing an agent who said that West Ham and Palace will be offered Yaya Toure. So about as non-legitimate as the story goes. But Chuck, do you want Yaya at Palace? Yes or no? Hang on. Much like <laughs> following an episode of Game of Thrones, I'm still trying to trace that line back <laughs> through the ridiculous of... No, that no, no, nah, nah, nah. I love Yaya Toure. I think he's great. And he always used to score against Palace. And that would probably mean that he wouldn't do anything. And usually when we're linked to sign someone and also West Ham are in competition, because that always happens. Always, um, yeah. He'll go to Turkey. And that's what happens. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, you can't even... Palace couldn't even keep him in birthday cakes because your kitchen's riddled with mice, isn't it? Yeah, but that's at the training ground. So it's just whether that one would be be produced there, yeah. Um, (laughs) Oh, it's a good time, guys. Uh, <laughs> oh bugger off we won we beat Leicester alright just sod off I'm not that depressed this week I'm just marginally because we lost to West Ham like 3-2 and ugh. do you think they'll have like a great British bake-off style competition and then whoever wins gets to sign Yaya <laughs> can make the best birthday cake <laughs> yeah exactly great British Yaya alright well moving along from Crystal Palace to another team that has a lot to do with this podcast Peterborough's owner proposes Premier League draft-style loan system. Premier League clubs should loan young players to teams in League 1 and League 2 using an NFL-style draft, says Peterborough owner Dara McAnthony. Ian, do you want to see uh, some Chelsea youngsters on loan at Peterborough? If if he's saying it, then he's got a motive for it. Uh, he wants, yeah, he wants to have more loanees around, doesn't he? Um, I think it was weird because he, he sort of... Th- fleshed this out over a thread of about 10 tweets and then when people sort of uh, started maybe pointing out some flaws he just did what he often does on Twitter and just got really pissy with them um, but, <laughs> which is what he does quite a lot but I mean I love him he's, he's great and he's he's good on Twitter he's just really open and honest and I, I really like him and he puts up with a lot of shit from posh fans when he puts so much money into the club it's insane and I hope he never goes but that's a real radical sort of a real radical shake-up. Yeah, well, things. in terms of the specifics of it or the logistics, he would like all 20 Premier League sides to choose five players to enter the draft, with each of the 48 teams across League One and League Two choosing two players to take on season-long loans. Quote, Can you imagine the entertainment every June? This show is filmed live. All 48 clubs go to Wembley, and the young players are there. They wait in a draft room until the number is called, and then they're presented. It's the kind of spectacle that draws big viewing figures in the U.S. It does sound good. I, I'm not against that idea whatsoever. I don't. I think it's obviously like it needs a bit more refinement, and you have to wonder. Obviously, how does it work with uh, wages, etc.? But I, I assume other clubs have done this. But Palace this year have offered to get their players out in in experience. They've offered to pay the wages of players uh, from the youth systems to, to teams that want to loan them. So I think there's definitely demand out there, and I, I like I like the idea. I think. Something different like that that doesn't it doesn't fundamentally ruin something of the game, so people can't go 
you know, or uh, they still will, won't they? But it's <laughs> it's not as it's not as much of a change as say VAR, but it gives something that all of all of us have been crying out for, and getting young players to get a chance playing for teams, to to actually go out there and also do it in an interesting way, in a fun way, and and to mean that, you know, there's a bit of investment and a bit of competition, and they get spread out everywhere. Plus, then it increases the the quality at the lower league clubs, who are also finding new players. Who then it feeds off into the other team. So I quite like the idea. I'm I'm yeah. not against it. He is right on the entertainment factor. I mean, Sky would absolutely love it. It'd probably be bloody pay per view, wouldn't it? They'd probably sell it yeah. as a fifteen quid. You know, like the boxing. I'd pay to watch that. Absolutely, yeah. that sounds I'll really probably fun. Would as well. Yeah. yeah. And Ian, they could complete the trifecta of our clubs having owned and or played Ruben Loftus Cheek, right? Because he went to Lower Palace on loan. <laughs> now he's at the. I'm posh. not sure he'd quite lower himself that far. Well, it doesn't matter. He doesn't, doesn't get, get a, choice. a choice. It's, it's a, draft, a draft, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a draft. Uh, yeah, I hadn't thought about it. Like, yeah, he's forced to play for us. Yeah, I quite like that idea. Yeah, he would destroy League One. I like it now. Yeah. All right, That'd we're in. We're all in on that draft idea. Cool. Moving on, Manchester United manager Mourinho says Liverpool were quote, now. better for now. Hmm? I like that you have to specify Mourinho as well. <laughs> for oh. now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, right, so Mourinho said Liverpool were quote better, stronger, faster. Was he just listening to Daft Punk on the way into Harder, the match? Better, better, stronger, <laughs> is he just trying to forge himself a new career is that the link with like PSG is to get himself into Daft Punk so then he becomes an ordinary <laughs> Frenchman and then replaces Thomas Tuchel <laughs> or is he trying to chat up Kanye West because he thinks they'd be good buddies because they do seem like they'd get along really well right why because they're both mental yeah exactly <laughs> just both like totally self-absorbed yeah. sociopathic yeah. pricks nothing's ever their fault yeah mm. Exactly. No, to be fair, it's good to know that, you know, Mourinho isn't blind. And that he still appreciates when a team can absolutely batter him. But, um, yeah, he said stuff like he was exhausted in the in the first 20-something minutes watching Liverpool play because they were just so fast and he doesn't have any physical players. And you wonder when he bought, like, you know, Pogba and mm. you know, got Lukaku in and... Mm. No, they haven't done well. They haven't done well at all this year, have they? Really, or or in the past, or in teams, they're yeah. not physical and they can't really live up to the demands of uh, top flight football. And Jose's had no money to do what he wants. I mean, it's None. you know, no money at all. None whatsoever. No, no. And Liverpool fucking spanked them. It was three oh, yeah. one and two point five to zero point eight on the XG. So exactly three one. Um, that's a fucking spanking. Twas the night of a dicking. Yeah. <laughs> to make it festive. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. All right. And our final story for the evening. Gentlemen, brace yourselves. <gasps> for the first time this season, Manchester City were beaten on XG. Oh. Oh, oh. yes. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, the Everton. Yeah. That's right, Everton. Manchester City 3, Everton 1, but the XG was 1.5 to 2.0. First time that's happened all year, which is crazy in and of itself, but also, what is going on with City? Yeah, Richarlison was really wasteful, though. That's, that is the I only know, reason. I know, they were cause... so bad. Yeah. Like they wasted so many really good chances right from the penalty yeah, spot. Yeah, they really did. 
Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it, lads. They play Palace this week, so fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the kind of random match that Palace pulls out, for the record. Yeah, well, well, we ended their winning streak last season, so um... yeah. You, oh, you is that true? You hadn't mentioned that ninety times this. <laughs> I mentioned it once. Thank you very much. <laughs> once, like last week. Uh... I will get dicked like seven nil, man. <laughs> nah, I think you guys will win. I think you guys will win. You're an idiot. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. You go join the Jose Kanye crazy no. train right now, bud. You're, you're doing it without Zaha now, Chuck. Come on. Oh, we did one game. Just <laughs> <laughs> one game more than you did the rest of the season. Yeah, the rest of all time, I think. <laughs> Since like 2009 or something stupid. Before that, though, it was Jason punching. How bad was that? That our old, like, our stat now is like, oh, we don't win without Zaha. And you're like, okay, fair enough. But for about three seasons, we didn't win without Jason punching in the team. Jason punching, who almost went to prison for hitting a man with a belt like a year and a half ago. Okay, I need to look that up. I've never heard of that. That's amazing. He took off his belt and swung at someone. Honestly, I'm surprised he'd go for the belt instead of just punching him. What was that sound? Next. Why did I go boo 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 boo? That's really fucking weird. I don't know. It sounds like a sound from Saved by the Bell in the second to last ever episode when Zach Morris is singing on stage and and someone puts. No, am I going to like this? This is real deep. Eerily specific. Second to last episode (laughs) of the classic Saved by the Bell, there is a. School show at the very end. It's a talent show, and Zach has to do a song, and he ruins Screech's song, and so it doesn't get him out. And so they put a ton of lemon juice in a drink for him, and he keeps trying to sing, and he goes, a boo, boo. And just look it up, guys. How did it uh, jump the shark by then? Uh, yeah, it was the <laughs> end, to be fair. It was uh. done. Maybe it was the last episode. And no. then it was the college years. Yeah, it didn't really. Yeah, and then it was Showgirls, and it just didn't really... No, that wasn't a direct line, Chuck. That wasn't oh, a was direct... it not? Oh. <laughs> I thought that was like uh, the film. <laughs> no, no. Well, that wraps it up for news for the week, uh, which means it's time to check in on the league, look at the big picture, and put our money where our mouth is. Gentlemen, before the season started, we made some predictions. They were notably horrible predictions. <laughs> In, in some, some cases, cases, I mean, I'm not naming names, but you know, specifically your cases. Yeah, no, you know, <laughs> me and Ian are all right. Uh, but now, 17 matches through the season, mostly halfway through the year, uh, and given that this is our last podcast of 2018, we figured we would come back, put some uh, some names down for top four relegation, and maybe even throw a golden boot prediction out there. So, Chuck, I'll leave it to you. What do you want to start with, relegation or top four? My team's going to probably feature in one of those. Oh, it's dear. not the good one. Because uh, Southwire and Southampton have to start winning a game. I can't <laughs> say games because it was just one. But like ending Arsenal's winning run, unbeaten run, all of that, just out of nowhere. Bloody, uh, bloody, bloody. So you so want to start re- so with relegation, relegation then? then? We're starting with relegation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess, guys. Yeah, let's start relegation. Who's getting relegated? I'll say, oh, how about this? I'll say one team that I think is definitely getting relegated. 
Okay, you say one team is definitely getting relegated, and what I will do is I will compare it to your predictor league. <laughs> oh, that's that's beautiful. Yeah. So I tell you what, I tell you what. Don't give me one. Give me three teams. Don't try and predict the three teams that you did. No, say. no, no. I won't. I'll give you who I think the three that are going to get relegated now are, because now I have enough information to actually make decent predictions on. But oh, really? Yeah. yeah okay. My names, my three are Burnley, Fulham, and Newcastle. Fair. Burnley are without a doubt the worst team in the league. Like I know that they have twelve points, uh, but they're fucking terrible. All of their underlying stats are trash. They're somehow overperforming their own terrible, terrible stats despite being terribly terrible. <laughs> um, so if I could put all my money on Burnley to go down, I would put all my money on Burnley to go down. Fulham just don't have the defense, and they can't seem to win games. And then of the other teams, uh, and there are a few, that third spot is sort of the hardest one to call, I think. Um, I'd probably go for Newcastle, because I just don't really feel like they have much going on. And I don't see anything changing for them over the course of the season, whereas I could see some upside to some of the other teams. As you mentioned, Southampton started doing better. I think Palace are going to start catching up to their numbers because they're wildly underperforming. They should be way higher up the table. Yeah, I think Newcastle are going to fall down. I know they're in 14th right now, but that would be my three. Yeah, I think the only thing that, I mean, Mike Ashley's trying to now sell the club by January, I think, or something. I'm pretty sure he did this exact same thing last year. I was going to say, yeah, this is about the third year on the trot that he's been trying to sell the club by January, yeah. Yeah, so I wouldn't hold your breath on that, Newcastle fans. Um, But yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. And I think unless unless Newcastle do spend a bit of money and and sort themselves out, it could be quite tough for them. And I think you're right about Burnley as well. It's just been a horrendous fall from grace of like how high up the table they were last year. And, you know, I mean, the losses they've had have just been crap. You know, they lost to Palace, for God's sake. <laughs> that is what you're basing that on, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But and then and but then also I like Burnley because they, you know, they then beat Brighton. So, you know, like swings and roundabouts. I don't know if I like them. You wonder whether where there there could be a case if Burnley then stay up, do they then become a Stoke or a West Brom? A team that's just always there, always exists, doesn't quite have the mid-table anonymity kind of thing going on, but no one really wants them there anymore, and then it's a bit like, oh, great, they've gone. You know, you look at the teams that got relegated last year, or is it West Brom, Stoke and Swansea, and you were just kind of like, yeah, that's all right. And I think Burnley could sadly become one of those teams where it's like, yeah, that's all right. Like, we won't really miss the style of football or the brand or yeah, or what it is. And I don't know whether I'm biased because I think maybe you would have that if it was a team like Palace. But, I, you know, it's hard to say about bias. But I think a team like, let's say if Huddersfield went down or if Cardiff went down or, uh, or yeah, like we just said, Burnley went down, no one would really mind or question it yeah i agree with you i put fulham in there but i kind of hope that they turn it around because they're fun to watch like there's a good attacking Mm. team and so i would kind of miss them i also as a chelsea fan it's nice having a really nearby sort of your derby semi-rival yeah yeah yeah, and and it's really close to you as well so it's it's good that you get to soak up that atmosphere (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh ian what were your three uh, yeah, my three. I think Burnley. I've got a real chance of finishing bottom. I think unless they do something, they're absolutely shocking. 
They've had no shots on target for three games this season. No other team has got that. The maximum that another team has got is only one game with no shots on target. It's it's shocking. They're they're and really that was Palace. Poor. I bet that was Palace. Yeah, I don't know actually. I don't know. Palace. They are. Ah, sounds like they Newcastle are... against Chelsea. Maybe we had like ninety percent possession. I don't even know that they got a shot off. Oh, wasn't that when you were like one percent off getting like the record? Yeah, for yeah, yeah. Most... And Jorginho had yeah. like seven thousand passes or something. Exactly seven thousand. Yes, I'm pretty sure That's that was, what it was. that came up on match of the day. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my other two would be um, Huddersfield and Cardiff. Huddersfield don't look good to me at all. I mean, the the game they had um, where they lost to Newcastle, they had all the possession and could do nothing with it. Um, I think I think Newcastle have got enough quality to stay up, and I think Fulham might do. And so, in by process of elimination, because I think Southampton are a bit of a wild card with a new manager. Um, I think Crystal Palace are good enough despite what Chuck always says <laughs> and so I think by process of elimination I think it's Burnley, Huddersfield and Cardiff who I just I don't think Cardiff have got the attacking now that Fulham have got and that might be enough to keep Fulham up if they can just nick a draw nick a win against the smaller sides I think Fulham will be alright doesn't look like it at the minute but I think they will come good so yeah I'd go Burnley, Huddersfield, Cardiff and the numbers do back up what you were saying about Huddersfield there. They have 11.6 XG total all season, which is Jeez. by far the worst in the league. They're below Burnley. They're below Fulham. They're below anybody else. Like, they're low. So that does back that up. I think that's about right. I don't think Huddersfield have much going for them now. Fulham, you'd like to think – I think Ranieri's kind of influence will kick in a bit in a few games. You know, it's uh, – yeah. It's so difficult to judge over this Christmas uh, kind of schedule because it just gets so congested and, and you can't, you know, there's a lot of teams that won't be looking at each individual game. They'll be targeting specific games to try and gain something. They can't do anything on the training pitch because it's like they can't train because there's so many games. It's sort of like you, you yeah. at best can get one day of training in if you're lucky. So it's like yeah. you're not going to have much chance to sort out defence or anything, is he? No, exactly. So unless you're, you know, unless you're one of the teams at the top where you you can target every game because you can have different coaching staffs basically coaching different 11s and, yeah. and pushing on to that, it's not going to happen. So I think it would definitely be, you know, once we reconvene at the beginning of uh, 2019, it could be a massive change potentially at the bottom because it is still so congested yeah and there is the age-old bottom at christmas thing and looking at the fixtures for this weekend which is the last round before christmas newcastle play fulham and huddersfield play southampton so oh wow wow yeah exactly like if if any of those teams are going to turn it around this is their chance to start getting out of there fulham's at the bottom now they have to win and hope that like a bunch of teams above them don't for them to not be bottom at christmas just above that, Palace have got Man City and Cardiff have got Man United. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, well, that's Palace in the relegation zone. Cardiff will win. That's an easy game, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Well, luckily, Southampton and Huddersfield can't both win. They take points off each other. Huzzah! <laughs> ready for maths! <laughs> All right, well, let's take it from the bottom of the table to the top, the very, very tippy top, and let's try to put our names down for who we think are going to be the top four in order. I think the obvious place to start is the top two. Um, not only because, obviously, those are the first two positions out of four, but that City and Liverpool have definitively pulled away, I think, from the other two, the other teams in the league. They are the two 
sort of. We talked about this at the beginning of the season. Chelsea were kind of hanging around for a couple of months. Chelsea have now fallen back to the rest of the pack. Um, but Liverpool and City are far and away the two best teams. So the question is, gentlemen, who is going to win the league? Chuck, go first. Man City. All right. Simple enough, Ian. Man City. And I got I got to go Man City also. Like their numbers, their underlying numbers are just too good to pass up. Um, plus from like a cosmic perspective, the thought of Liverpool being in first place all the way to about May and thinking this is our year, this is our year, because it's always their year. <laughs> and then, uh, oops. Uh-oh. But anyway, so we've all said Man City, so... Congratulations, Jurgen, on uh, yeah, exactly. winning the league this year <laughs> and uh, probably winning the Champions League as well. So, uh... Uh, Liverpool, obviously, at two then. So who do you guys think are going to be three and four? And who of the three London teams kind of in that pack is going to miss out? Ian, why don't you go first? I fancy uh, Arsenal to finish third. Wow. I, Ooh. I, think there's been a, I think there's been a change in them this season. And while it's not a done deal yet I think it's a work in progress that he's working the right way so yeah I I, fa- I fancy Arsenal to pull a bit of a surprise and finish in third and I expect Tottenham to fall away and so I've got Chelsea in fourth all right very good wow so you think that's see I find that quite strange because I think the most consistent out of those teams is probably Tottenham. Yeah, I would agree with you on and, that. And and so while Arsenal, you know, Arsenal and Chelsea both have the same same thing that they they still have new coaches, etc. And so, be interesting. I wonder if, well, all three of those teams should really be buying people in January. Yeah. I mean, Tottenham. There's no way they go two transfer windows without buying a single person, lest we forget they bought no one in the summer. Until I saw something the other day about that, I, I completely forgot that they, they genuinely didn't buy anyone. And for them to be, you know, I know it is kind of City and Liverpool pulling away now, but they are still within touching distance of those teams. You know, five points, five, six points from top in third is absolutely no mean feat uh, getting up there. I think all of our predictions are going to have to be a bar Man City, Liverpool, who possibly have more too much strength in depth to be caught. But all of our predictions, I think, have to come with the caveat that there is going to be uh, a lot of transfer dealings in January. So, mm. yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right, absolutely right. I think Tottenham, Tottenham could shore up. I don't think they need any more midfielders, but uh, another striker would be a <laughs> lovely idea. Yeah, um, absolutely. Desperately... What about Llorente? He's fine. He's fine, isn't he? <laughs> Tottenham and Chelsea are going to get in some sort of bidding war for a good striker because they both desperately need one. Unless Sari is committing to the idea of converting Hazard to a false nine, kind of like he did to Dries Mertens at Napoli, where he took a left winger mm. and turned him into a striker. It's been going well so far. It's only been two matches, but we won against City and we won this weekend. Chuck, I think your point about Tottenham being a, let's say, a known quantity, as opposed to Arsenal and Chelsea are both have a new system, new manager, and there's a lot more variance that comes in with that. Um, I think they both have higher ceilings. But Tottenham, are you kind of know what you're getting out of Tottenham. Um, I think that is a good point. But I think for me, I'm still going to go with Tottenham missing out. Um, although I would put Chelsea at third because their underlying numbers put them much closer to Liverpool than they are to Tottenham and Arsenal still. Okay. Uh, and that dis- despite the recent sort of fallback 
Um, in terms of expected points, Liverpool are on 37 and Chelsea are on 35. And then a decent ways behind that, Tottenham are on 30 and uh, Arsenal are on 26. So the numbers don't love Arsenal, but I, I kind of am with you, Ian, in terms of like the, they passed the eye test. And I think more recently, since they switched to three at the back, um, as long as those three aren't two terrible defenders and Granite Xhaka, <laughs> as we saw this past weekend, I think yeah. that system does work for them. And I think Unai Emery is starting to sort of find his best system, his best combinations. Um, so I, I think Arsenal at fourth for me. Okay, that's it. So no one Man United, no. no one? <laughs> Man United at oh, fourth. You're a funny no? guy. Oh man, yeah, I'm I'm a funny guy, but interestingly. <laughs> It's where both of you put Man United in the predictor league, guys. Yeah, absolutely. But who could have predicted the... Everyone could have predicted. But we didn't predict the absolute shit show that, that Man United became. I mean, I mean, yeah, because no one could have predicted Man United would be about sixth, would they? None of the three of us <laughs> would put Man United... This guy couldn't keep it in his fucking pants until the actual predictor league segment. Judge, he's leading the witness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would put United to finish at 10th for the record 10th or 11th no I'd want uh, you know what I'd just want 11th 11th would be incredible and be so much better than finishing 10th because then it's like bottom half yeah you you have to wait that extra 10 seconds on match of the day to see where your team <laughs> finished in the league <laughs> that would be like nectar <laughs> oh man like mm, oh, oh feed it into my veins yeah. like Alex Ferguson he gone oh man long gone are those memories of when you were good so Oscar is that a genuine a genuine prediction 10th uh no no no, <laughs> that's where their underlying numbers have them, but they'll they'll they're Is united. Okay. They'll somehow turn it around. Like, yeah, yeah, they'll fire their manager. They'll finish in sixth, probably, maybe maybe eighth, between sixth and eighth. I'd put them. So, Chuck, do you want to give us your actual top four, like your list? Actual top four: Man City, <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep it the way it is. Actually, yeah, I think Liverpool, Man City, Tottenham, Chelsea. I think all those teams will strengthen. In January, like the three to five, like we said, Tottenham will do it to solidify what they already have, whereas Chelsea and Arsenal will be looking more at next season and then challenging to be part of the top four. So I think Spurs drop off more next season, potentially, unless they then spend big in the summer, which you think they would. Um, and Chelsea and Arsenal really go for it and kind of double down on improving themselves and, and, and kind of getting some players in and some blood in. The main problem with Tottenham, though, in a transfer window is they never break their wage structure. So a player has got to be willing to accept that there is a project going on, that they're going to be part of something. Because yeah. like they, 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 they can't afford to pay anywhere near what the other clubs do. Well, maybe they can, but they don't. I mean, Levy's pretty strong on that, isn't he? Well, they can't even pay for their stadium. So, But if you join Spurs like from next year, you'll get a 20% discount on the cheese room. So... <laughs> Look, it, it's not that long ago that Spurs weren't, it wasn't a big six, it was a big five, you know, and that's yeah. even after City coming in, right? Like Spurs, I don't want to say stumbled into, but they happened upon Harry Kane, Deli Alley, Erickson, they got him for ridiculously cheap value. And like this current crop of guys that they have, right? They brought them up, they were young, they were cheap when they got them, and they've all kind of stuck around. 
Yeah, and but, what's weird is if you if you look at, I mean, obviously now Man United have, have veered into that way of just spending a ton of money and stuff and not really being there. But if you think about it, you know, from the outside, that they're, they're kind of Spurs are the ones who have kind of earned that place more than paid for it than any of those teams. Yes. So Man City obviously to buy out Liverpool now we're spending lots of money. Chelsea we know about Arsenal obviously uh, did really well with Wenger, but have also spent a load of money in Manchester United have just pissed it up the wall, evidently, according to Mourinho, or not spent any, according to him. And Spurs are the ones that have just actually built, and it's kind of the most sustainable and predictable and consistent of the models. Yeah, but the flip side of that being that if they don't then start spending money, they're not going to be able to stay there because the chances of finding another Harry Kane, who was unknown at the time, is like, impossible right like Mm. if you want to keep yourself in that conversation keep yourself in that top four situation like you have to transition to buying known quantities bringing in expensive players at least sometimes right agreed all right cool um let's wrap it up then with a quick golden boot prediction chuck you can't just say mitrovic (laughs) (laughs) i mean you can if you want to I'm gonna say own goal. V A R. Um, oh, just because it's it's so hard because like Man City are an absolute wrecking ball, score a billion goals a game. Yeah, and so every different player shares it, but you kind of still even now want to say Harry Kane. Do you? Because I don't. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. Aubameyang. Oh, you motherfucker. Oh, nice. That's what I was going to go for. That's what I was going to go to. <laughs> oh, no. There you go. Oh, bollocks. All right, well, just to be different, because one of us has to be, I'll go Raheem Sterling. But yeah, yeah. it seems like the official answer of Miles Offside Podcast is Aubameyang. Yeah, yeah and some sort of Sterling's got to be on the rise this year. Yay. Yay. Topical. Topical. Hashtag satire. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is how it always goes, isn't it? You make a joke about Brexit, and then you go, Oh, Jesus. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I saw a good tweet the other day that was like, oh, because um, I don't know if you guys saw on SNL there was a skit about Brexit. Yeah, that was bizarre. Oh, good. So someone tweeted, oh, fuck, even the Americans are laughing at us now. <laughs> oh, that's a worry. Yeah. Oh, uh, the God. absolute state of us, right? <laughs> I suppose when you're at the bottom of the barrel and they're both kind of there, it's just yeah. very much a sideways kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> It's like Burnley look at Fulham and they're like, oh, Fulham are shit. (laughs) And it's like, we can say that because we're also shit. Great. All right. Well, on that note, that wraps it up for part one. So stick around and we'll come back with a nice holiday themed listener questions. So we'll see you in a bit. Who's going on a holiday? Welcome back to the Miles Offside podcast. We've done some football chat, and so you know what part two is all about. It's all about where you guys get involved. Give us some questions and allow us to really unleash what we've been containing inside for so many years. Um, If you've got anything you want to vent, anything you want to contribute, any questions you want to ask, points you want to raise, then get in touch with us on the Twitter at Miles Offside Pod. You can reach us on Facebook for Miles Offside. 
or email us, milesoffsidepod at gmail.com. These guys did it. They gave it to Ian. He curated them. Ian Stimson, the floor is yours. Well, the first the first thing I wanted to bring up is, this is something I definitely encourage listeners to do. Johnny OG on his very late Saturday night going into Sunday morning listen of the Miles Offside podcast, he decided to live DM us while he was listening. I encourage this. This is a good thing. <laughs> I got really confused because I woke up to nine messages from John OG because obviously <laughs> the shared Twitter account. I was like, what is he sending me all these messages about? <laughs> so he started with, only just getting round to listening to this week's pod, but surely Ozil's back problems are due to his massive eyes causing a strain on his spine due to his unbalanced centre of gravity. Uh, I mean, I made a similar comment while we were recording, then I cut it out because I thought it sounded mean. <laughs> but you won't be cutting this out because someone else said it. But I'll let Johnny OG take the take the bullet on that one because his next comment is, "How is Stimmers one year younger than me?" The old. <laughs> so <laughs> John OG, do we know what the OG stands for? Old git. <laughs> so if he's going to sell me down the river like that, then uh, all bets are off. Yes. Yeah, well, that, this is exactly why the listener question segment is my favourite. Or as our listeners in Norway call it, the Liverpool Smile Jesus segment. Christ. The Liverpool Smile <laughs> segment. That's what it sounded like. I have no idea how to pronounce this one. It's spelled L-Y-T-T-E-R, and then the second word has symbols I've never seen before, so I don't know how to pronounce them. Well, you could stop that now, because we've dropped out the Norwegian chart anyway. So. Uh, damn it. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> To be fair, we we dropped out the Norwegian chart before last week's episode. <laughs> well, no, we were down to 198. <laughs> I don't know how far it goes down. but We alienated the rest of them with my horrible butchering of their language. But we're holding firm in the Barbados chart. So Ew. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that, John OG. So thanks for the, the random messages. And do us a favour, mate. Just leave us a review. Leave us a review on iTunes and the rest of you, in fact. Especially those random listeners that we have in Virginia. I know we're big in Virginia for whatever reason. Whoever yeah, you big are. in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. See, this would really. This is where analytics freak me out because if I would just discover this podcast at a random place and someone went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, Virginia," like you listen, I'm like, "Oh shit, it's me." <laughs> they're, they're watching me. It's me. But we do need more American reviews on iTunes, so please do if you are our yes. little five star reviews would help us get into other countries' charts, not just Norway, and then I don't have to listen to Oscar's fucking translations anymore. Yeah, let's not pigeonhole <laughs> ourselves, guys. We need reviews from everywhere. <laughs> it's yeah. true. It's Can true. we get yeah reviews in every language? That'll be great. Just literally yeah. don't even 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 if actually like, English I like is that. Second no language. context Norwegian reviews. Just Google Translate into Norwegian as long as it's five stars. I don't care what it says. And then bang it in there. <laughs> I'm deli- I'd be delighted with that. Job done. Or, or as they call them in Barbados, listener <laughs> reviews. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Johnny carried on for how long? Let's have a look. He carried Too on for, long. He carried on for eight minutes before he stopped. And then I got a message from him uh, later on on Sunday morning saying, as you can tell, I fell asleep. I think I lost it at XG. So, <laughs> not a stats man, John OG. Not a stats man. And Oscar laughs, but you should see his face right now. Oh, he crumbled then. He crumbled inside. Beep, boop, sad. <laughs> <laughs> but then he, so he listened to the rest, and I'll, I'll give him this one. Um, 
He comes back with, agree with Stimmers, Wensley, Dale and Cranberry can fuck right off. OP's suggestion of cheddar highlights the state of the cheese industry in the US where that plastic shit is king. I mean, the amount the amount he railed off about aerosol cheese last week just kind of shows that Yeah, lost all, all they need is a bit of Pilgrim's Choice. I'll have you know that I was the founding member of the Wine and Cheese Club at my university. Whoa, hang on. I thought you didn't like wine. Yeah, based on your taste, mate, that that club is garbage. Yeah, mostly it was just me and two friends and we got the school to give us money to go eat cheese. How the hell did you manage this? You just fill out some forms, man. Fill out some forms. <laughs> Make a club. Get paid to do stuff. Did you get some sort of like bursary kind of supplement from the from the school as well? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They gave us money for our weekly meetings and monthly outings. How much money? Not a lot. Not a lot. It was um Give me a number. I don't know, a couple hundred a month. What? <laughs> for three people to go have cheese? What meeting do you need to organize for three people? Oh, we're just going to Nothing. go have some cheese. Yeah, all right. <laughs> no, we would just hang out at my friend's apartment. Couple hundred quid. I'm I'm stunned that you could get funding for a, a wine and cheese club. You don't even like wine, do you, Oscar? No, we never bought wine. <laughs> Not <Just> once. <laughs> God, unbelievable. He just bought grape juice and left it out on the side for a few weeks. Yeah. And I'll have you know we were the Wine and Cheese Society, not the Wine and Cheese Club. Thank you very much. Yeah, that would be very uncouth. It was a lot of cheddar. I really, really love cheddar, <laughs> so I would just buy, like, pounds of cheddar. Oh, God, that's amazing. Um, Adam P., who who started off the cheese chat with the, the revelation for Oscar that there might be sort of cheese you eat at Christmas... He he came in with some cheese recommendations. He said uh, M and S do a Stilton with blueberries. I mean, what do you what do you think to that? I haven't tried it yet. I'm not sure I will. I but... mean, it's a slight step up from Wensleydale and cranberry because Wensleydale is a flavourless cheese, really, and cranberry exactly that's the problem. Cranberries kind of just taste dry, mm. uh, but blueberries have got a flavour. Stilton's got a flavour. I don't know. I just wonder if it might clash a bit. But it's M and S in it. It's M and S, so should be good. Yeah, should be good. So Adam P tweeted again about cheese uh, with a picture, a Spanish blue cheese called Cabrales. Come at me, Miles Offside Pod. So I've I've gone and bought some Cabrales and I've had it breathing all through the first part. Breathing? Oh, yeah, it's, it's been open breathing. I'm telling you, this fucking thing stinks. It's really, really smelly. Can we have a look? And uh, Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a look. Uh, you can tweet that later. Hang on, let me get my crackers out of the way. Let <laughs> me get my crackers out of the way. Yeah, put your trousers on. Put your trousers yep. on, mate. And uh, yeah. <laughs> right, this absolutely stinks. So I'm going to try a bit of this. I've got I've got the oh, red wine on ooh. the go as well. I'm going to try a bit of this. You should have known. We could we could end up making this a segment that we all eat the same thing at once. And uh... hold on, I can go grab a slice of Kraft Singles. No, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> this chunk cost me about five quid as well. I was absolutely done. Go on, Ian. Talk to me, because your face is a picture right now. I know, you've been talking about the smell the whole episode, so I want to know that what it is. That is so strong. Jesus. That is really strong. What are we talking <laughs> on a par with? What's the flavours? Let it ruminate. Give us a tantalise us. Sell it to us. What's it like? just mould. Penicillin. <laughs> yeah, mm, leather. Just, that, like, touches the inside of your cheek, and it all just contracts. Like, that's... Mm. That's insanely strong i'm not i'm not sure i like that <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go back again and just check 
<laughs> yeah, and what we're saying is that Adam P has gone from Wensleydale with cranberry, the most bland and kind of crowd pleasing yeah. of cheese, up to this absolutely formidable scent that stings the nostrils. Bloody hell. Well, Ian saying, I'm not quite sure I like that, is uh, in American, that would translate as, that was fucking nasty, bro. <laughs> Oh god, that actually hurts a little bit. <laughs> well, I bet that spray cheese is looking pretty good now, Ian, huh? <laughs> this is it, this is ta- taking the inside of my cheek off. This is insane. How, how can yeah, like Chuck, like Chuck said, how can someone who recommends Wensleydale also recommend this? This is I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get through it. That's five pound wasted. Are you sure it's cheese and you haven't just like drank Domestos? Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's mostly mould. Do you reckon Kelly sabotaged you and just like taken the cheese out and just put like some black mould and just scraped the outside of a window or something like that? I can't guarantee that's not happened. Has she taken life insurance out on you recently? <laughs> I don't know. I am still eating it though, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I keep seeing you go back again and again. It's like that's I'm not quite sure point. if it is actually, but let me just check because we all do that. You're like, no, yeah. no, it couldn't because. I keep eating it and then frowning and going, oh no, that's like... And then I'm like yeah, you're, going on, back. you're on video chat, bud. We can see all of it. It's great. Oh, yeah, that's no, <laughs> why I'm describing it, yeah. Fantastic. Oh, very odd. Anyway, yeah, so interestingly enough, um, Padfall, this is not really a question, but Padfall said uh, he thinks that sometimes blue, te- blue cheeses have too much taste. That's fucking definitely the case in this one. Evidently. But that's where context matters. Cheese board, fine. I'm here to eat cheese. But on a burger... I'm not convinced. So Padfall's not loving a blue cheese burger. Wow. See, I like a stronger cheese on a burger than I do just by itself. Yeah, and if you've got something else to stand up and go with it, like mm-hmm. that can work quite well. So, see, this this goes back. I can't. I we talk about food so much, like in our personal yeah. lives and and <laughs> and on air. I can never remember if we've had this this conversation on air, but like. When it comes to burgers, a lot of the time now, there's not necessarily that much with like a punchy flavor coming through it. So like if you add in blue cheese, it doesn't really add. Sometimes it, it can be quite creamy, so it doesn't add much. But if you put in like sort of like a pickled red onion or something like that in there to uh, kind of kick it up <laughs> a little bit. No? Because oh, I, made, I made, I sent you guys pictures a while ago of when I made my own burgers and I did like a Bloody Mary mix inside the beef mince and... Stilton, yes, and I then remember. Cambazola, and then I made my own pickled like peppers and onions. That was the tits. I just I hate anything and everything pickled. Can't trust a man that doesn't like pickles. Can't trust a man that doesn't eat fat. That doesn't eat the fat on his steak or on his pork or on crackling or anything. And you can't trust someone who doesn't eat pickles. Fair enough, Ian. Have you made any interesting uh, burger mixes in your meat before? No, I'm pretty straight down the line, to be honest. I just, good quality meat, cheese that'll take your face off. Just, you know. <laughs> Evidently, you found a cheese that'll take your face off. Jeez. Uh, you want to know uh, a weird ingredient for burgers that's actually fucking delicious to mix into the meat? Definitely. Strawberries. Whoa. It's good. Hang like, on. Get them real salty, get, get a ton out. of like seasoning, some onion, some garlic, but then a tiny, a couple of like diced up real tiny cubes of strawberry in there it's 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 real fucking interesting i did it by accident one time hang on hang on hang on you did it by accident 
Yeah, like I accidentally put strawberries on top of my burger. Like it was in the... It was a whole thing. Don't worry about it. But I accidentally had a bite of burger with strawberry in it. And I was like, wait a minute. This was real fucking good. So this isn't like a, a an internet thing that you found and were like, oh yeah, I'll try this. You just accidentally threw a strawberry at a you burger. You just can't cook. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was already cooked. And then I accidentally got a strawberry, a stray strawberry ended up in my burger after the burger had already been cooked. But it tasted so good that I was like, okay, I need to try this on purpose and see how it goes. And it was fucking delicious. And I and I still do it once in a while. Okay. I think we've got a, a fairly a fairly refined listenership when it comes to food, apparently, because I can't eat this fucking cheese that someone recommended to me. Um, so someone's got to try that. So I'm not trying it because I've got taste buds. But like yeah, someone... <laughs> So someone should, has got to try this and let us know the results. If you if you can be bothered to waste a burger, then let me know whether that was any good because I'll try that live on the pod as well. I need a second recommendation other than Oscar accidentally doing it. He needs the validation of a stranger, is what he's saying, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. He's very yeah, yeah. easily led by the outside world. Hundred percent. Well, if you are going to try it, listener, make sure you throw some Worcestershire sauce in there, some garlic, onion, obviously smoky salt and um breadcrumbs and egg fuck me there you go that's a recipe uh, strawberries and like balsamic vinegar is a thing isn't it i mean strawberries yeah, and balsamic sure. vinegar strawberries and white pepper um yeah yeah, yeah it works as flavor combinations but i wonder especially as someone who works in the food industry what kind of uh preparation practices you've got going on the fact that a strawberry can just fall into your burger <laughs> yeah yeah You've got to re-look at your allergy uh, allergy information, I think. It was at a summer barbecue. I had a burger. I had a fresh fruit thing, and I had fruit on my plate. And one of the strawberries kind of made its way across the plate. In all seriousness, this this could end up being a thing, and it could be like the Miles Offside burger. Maybe I will try it. Maybe I'll try it next week. All right. There you go. That's revelatory. That is That, that could be amazing. Okay, we'll stay on we'll stay on a food theme and, and we're going festive as well. Because why break with tradition? Why, yeah, why would there be any <laughs> other questions on a football podcast? So, <laughs> um, Johnny OG actually asked us some questions then. He said, um, uh, do you like Christmas pudding? Does Oscar know what Christmas pudding is? And uh, if not, what is a good alternative? He's put other than big standard mince pies. <laughs> don't really know what that means <laughs> does that mean the, the mince pies are big as in the uh, size yeah, I, or I, as an alternative to christmas pudding just a big mince pie but anyway yeah do, do you uh, do christmas pudding oscar uh, i know of christmas pudding but i don't do christmas pudding no i don't know that that's an american thing particularly or if that's just not my family yeah um, but i definitely know about christmas pudding definitely an english thing but yeah christmas pudding a decent christmas pudding is a beautiful thing uh, I only I only came to like Christmas pudding when I was a bit older, like until recently blue cheese, but now that's been ruined for me. Um, but like, yeah, Christmas pudding is only something I enjoyed when I got older. So it's like uh, sultanas, prunes, apricots, like steeped in booze for a little while or whatever. Uh, then what is it? I don't know. Like, like you yeah, know, all, like chop, all chopped up suet. Yeah, exactly. It's a really really stodgy cake with stone fruit. Yeah. Like it's. It's rock solid. Like if you yeah. threw it at someone, you could knock them out. Like, <laughs> but but then you cut into it and it's really soft at the same time. It's, you st- you steam it for hours and and then yeah, it's it's good. My and then you pour brandy on it and you set it on fire. Yeah, 
That sounds awesome. Anytime you get to set stuff on fire at Christmas, like that's a good Christmas. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a bit of a showpiece, but yeah, it's definitely a. I, I think it's more more for like older people and, and stuff like that because yeah, I didn't I didn't Thanks, like mate. it until I got to be an actor. No, I said I like it as well. I consider myself. A... <laughs> Remember, he's only half a Phil Foden contract away from thirty, so he's getting. There. <laughs> I oh, know, right? Yeah. I'm getting the Ian. Look, look at that. Oh, the, uh, sorry, what was that? Finish that the sentence. Ian, the, the Ian Peak. <laughs> the Ian Widow's Peak. The, the Ian hairline. There is no fucking hairline to speak of now. <laughs> it's just a curve, like a dot to dot picture. Like a rough shading. <laughs> yeah. Uh, brilliant. Yeah, we nearly went 20 minutes without having a go at me. Lovely. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so the, the upshot is there that. Uh, Oscar needs to have a Christmas pudding and we all need to have strawberry burgers. Um, uh, Dave Matteo didn't let us down. Yes. Um, he came in with, uh, what's the best Christmas present you ever received? Oh, that's good. I literally couldn't sleep last night thinking about this question. <laughs> I was like going backwards in years to every Christmas gift I've ever gotten. I was trying to write Can it down. Can you remember that well? No, I couldn't. That was, that the, was, problem. That was the problem. <laughs> Getting too old. I had to text my mom. I was like, Mom, what was my favorite gift? She was like, well, when you were three. I was like, no, that doesn't fucking help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I did finally come to an answer. And it was Christmas of 2002. I was a freshman in high school, so ninth grade. I don't know what the equivalent is over there. And my parents got me my first ever drum set. Nice. Which was pretty crazy on their part because we lived in a two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> and they got me a full drum set. I played in my bedroom. You could shake the entire apartment. Our neighbors hated us. Less than a year later, we moved. They got a house. So they stuck me in the basement, and that was better. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, God bless them. They got me a drum set. They were like, well, we're not paying for lessons, so just teach yourself. And so I would just play music as loud as I could. On my boombox, <laughs> I would put, like, System of a Down on, or, like, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, blast it full volume, and then just hit stuff and hope that it sounded like a drum beat until after about a year or so, it started to <laughs> approach the sound of a drum beat. Oh, well. Yeah, it sounds really strange that your parents would would be against the idea of you having lessons on it and just going, just keep making irrational noise. <laughs> just, keep, yeah, they... just keep hitting stuff and flailing. Yeah. I don't know whether this makes me a bad person or not, but isolating specific Christmas presents from my childhood is really hard to do. I don't know. Don't worry, Chuck. That's not the thing that makes you a bad person. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, fine then. Thank, thank God. Okay, it's cheers, mate. The things you do and the things you say. <laughs> the things I say, the things I do. Things I, yeah. Your general demeanor. General, yeah, okay. All right, good. <laughs> the way you tell everyone your family invented Twix, even though that's obviously a lie. <laughs> Guys, I really need a lift right now. This isn't conducive to my mental state. Um, (laughs) The only, the main distinct memory of a present on Christmas is when I got bought by my first PlayStation, like the original OG PlayStation in, I want to say Christmas 96? Yeah, whichever year it came out, I pretty much got it at the same time. And I remember being at my sister's house and my mum had bought me a couple of games and I can't remember what it was but one of them was this little like kart racing game called Circuit Breakers and my two sisters were older than me so they started playing it and played it for hours and hours and hours and I was always allowed to play like the next game and the next game and the next game 
And then it finally came round to my turn, and then neither of them wanted to play anymore. Oh, and, uh, that's so sad. Yeah, yeah. And it was a two-player game. And uh... <laughs> oh. God, a lot of the blanks are being filled in now, Chuck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can probably actually trace a lot of my life back to that moment <laughs> and a disappointment. Uh-huh. Yeah. Only a Palace fan could turn what was your favourite Christmas present <laughs> into such a sad story. Guys, some people like to see the good in everything, guys. I like to find the misery. What about you, Ian? What's uh, what's your favourite Christmas present? Uh, so when I was a kid, I got a, a SNES, a Super Nintendo, and um, brilliantly, though, my mum managed to fuck up the order that I opened the presents, so I opened a Super Nintendo game before I opened the fucking console. <laughs> so I was like, I was eight, eight, eight years old. I was like, so I've got a Super Nintendo then. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> Cheers, mum. Yeah. Oh, God, I love when stuff like that happens. But then there's another way, you know, you get the sort of, they, you know, wheel you in a, a, a brand new bike. Uh, that was that was something. I mean, the, the only problem with that was it was my girlfriend's parents and I was 24. But uh, I was delighted, <laughs> delighted to get a brand new bike because I didn't have a car and I worked at a shopping channel that was just about, you know, two streets down. So I, uh, yeah, used to bike to the shopping channel to do my job. <laughs> Don't stop laughing, Chuck. I needed a bike and they bought me one. Uh, did it have the training wheels on it and a little bell? or <laughs> Yeah, tassels. <laughs> And a little basket on the front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> just picturing little Ian. <laughs> little 24-year-old Little 24-year-old Ian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it was such a long time ago. He must have been there. I know. I'm surprised you can remember that far back. Yeah. <laughs> Already with a receding hairline. That probably was the year that I got my PlayStation, wasn't it? <laughs> probably, yeah. <sighs> so, um, uh, Raph asks, uh, what are your favourite and least favourite Christmas songs? Oh. Christmas songs. Raph's favourite is uh, Lonely This Christmas. That's quite downbeat, isn't it? Yeah, the most <laughs> depressing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's a Southampton fan. <laughs> yeah, like, not even I'm that depressed. I'm not going to listen to... Is it Mud? I think it is Mud. Yeah. Mud, yeah, yeah, Mud, with two Ds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know my Christmas song. Well, it's Mariah Carey, isn't it? Uh, that was his second one. He says, "All I want for Christmas is you." Is a banger. What a spread! He's gone yeah. from lonely this Christmas to all I want for Christmas is you. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! No, it's all I want for Christmas is you. Last Christmas, and then anything from the Michael Bublé Christmas album. That Michael Bublé album is so good. It's so good, and I get to annoy my mum with it every year, and my mum absolutely despises Michael Bublé. And all that crooning style, and I put it on every year, and I get to sit there and be like, "You can't be mad. It's Christmas. Shut up and listen to Bublé." Yes. My wife has a has an irrational hatred of Bublé. Yeah, that nothing can, nothing Bublé can go on the Christmas playlist. Oh, all. that sucks. He's got a good album. Although my favorite ever Christmas album is Ella Fitzgerald. Ella wishes you a swinging Christmas. That is a fantastic Christmas album. I'm, I'm, I I've never heard it, but I'm all in for that. Oh, you gotta go. Yeah, look for it on Spotify or uh, download it if you have to. It's it's definitely my favorite Christmas album. Um, and I guess off that, I would probably pick like White Christmas or Let It Snow as the best song on that album. So they're, therefore, my favorite Christmas song. Very old school stuff from you, Oscar. Oh, I love some jazzy Christmas. 
I mean, I I love jazz in general. Like, I'm a big jazz head. Mm. So, jazzy, like, all my Christmas music is jazzy Christmas music. Yeah. No, I like, I like, uh, Bing Crosby. Put a bit of Bing Crosby. Even White Christmas. Little Drummer Boy. Fairy Tale of New York not getting a look in? I think Fairy Tale of New York is massively overrated. Oh, I love Fairy Tale of New York. I mean, I'm. I, yeah, I like it too. I can also agree that it might be overrated while loving it. But like I, I always sort of yeah, I don't seek it out. I have to find it organically. I don't I don't sort of uh go on the Spotify yeah, and like find if it. You, but, uh, if you hear it, you don't mind and you're yeah, not gonna I do, skip it. I do like it, yeah. And you're gonna enjoy it, but no, you don't seek it out. See, I only heard that song for the first time a couple of years ago. When we were planning our trip to Ireland, I was just looking up like Irish music and I happened across it even though it was a Christmas song and I was like oh this is pretty good yeah but it's because the Pogues is like if if you said to an English person like what do you think of of Irish music it's like you two and the Pogues and yeah. you two you could probably just like cast off but the Pogues is just everything apart from that is just mental music the kind of they're the, they're the kind of band that you could go see live and never have heard a single one of their songs ever and just have the greatest They'll have time. a great it's night a, yeah it's oh, just awesome. a party and it's crazy well, I love like 99.99999% of Christmas songs, so it's really hard for me to find one that I dislike. They're few and far between. And this might be blasphemy to an English person, but Paul McCartney's fucking Christmas song just drives me insane. No, that is Oh, no, that fine. is that is fine. Everything that Paul McCartney yeah. has ever done ever in his life just drives me insane. Oh, no, I love Paul McCartney. That song specifically, though, annoys me massively because it's recorded so fucking badly. Oh, it's not a song. And it's it out of key. It's not even a song. It's a vague idea of a keyboard riff. Yeah, it's yeah. just... Oh. Okay, good. I'm glad we can agree. That song is atrocious. Sim- simply having a dog shit Christmas time, Paul, <laughs> and piss off yeah. while you dance around your house in your music video. Okay, just I should just point out to the listener that while Chuck is swearing outrageously, he is holding his baby up to the Skype. <laughs> because, my, because my girlfriend is going to the toilet, yes. That's fine, but you're just still just shouting obscenities in your daughter's ear. She's like nine weeks old, guys. She doesn't understand any of this. Oh, they're a sponge. She's going to be Bollocks. spouting that shit back at you. Oh. <laughs> Bollocks. <laughs> yes, it's fine. Oh, uh, this is awful. Why do I get the feeling I'm going to be describing this to social services at some point? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think you're exactly right. Paul McCartney is awful. Well, that one and also fucking... I don't know if you guys have this one over there, if you've heard it, but Santa Baby... Like oh, the, the Earth the kid. old one. Uh, yeah. Brick. Why are you trying to fuck Santa? What are you trying to suck Santa's dick for? It's Christmas. Like, back off, lady. It's horrible. Santa, baby. I sucked your dick for some Christmas gift. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> fuck. Get out of here. Oh, I love that song. It's brilliant. Uh, no, it's um, not. No. <laughs> Um, what about modern? Are there any modern Christmas songs that you? Because I really like the Kelly Clarkson one. I uh, what's the Kelly Clarkson one? Uh, I don't. I can't remember the words. But underneath the tree. Is that Kelly Clarkson? It's fucking great. Oh, I love that. I didn't song. think it was because it sounded like someone who could sing. Um, no, I yeah, quite. Me. I quite like that. <laughs> I quite like that. <laughs> I quite like the owner Lewis, that one that plays all the time. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't. It's no, it's all right that one. It's all right. One more sleep's okay. It's no Kelly Clarkson, but fine. Uh, if we're going newer, like how new are you talking? Post nineties or like this millennium? 
I don't even know if there are any modern ones. I think, like, I'm... Well, there's the Kelly Clarkson one. Michael Buble has an original one that's not that good. I'm not interested in original Buble. Well, not original Buble Christmas. Although, I gotta say, I really, really love Buble's version of All I Want for Christmas is You. It's not as iconic as the original. It's, like, really different and slowed down, but I, I like it a lot. It's really... Yeah, it's okay, but it's not Mariah. Mariah, that was that was Mariah at peak Mariah. Not just Christmas, but, like, Mariah was well, amazing. Well, not Cribs Mariah. I mean, Cribs Mariah is peak Mariah. Well, we saw her peaks, but that's just different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great episode. Uh, next question. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, I mean, now it comes to what is the most talked about feature on our Twitter ever. It's Sock It To Me. Yeah. <laughs> who knew this was where it would lead, guys? Just remember, three weeks ago, we thought we were a football podcast. <laughs> this has got a vague football a vague football link. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh I thought it was going to be straight up sock chat. Um, so Johnny Worthington says, do you think footballers should swap their socks on the pitch for festive stockings? I mean, I enjoyed saying festive stockings. Oh, but, I wonder where he was going with that. I thought he was going to say, should footballers swap socks at the end of matches like they swap shirts? Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, that, that is really gross. Mucky. Doesn't happen so much at the end of games anymore, does it? Swapping shirts. Yeah, yeah it does. All the time. No, nowhere near as it used to be literally like every game you'd see players swapping shirts. And now yeah, they just back like. In, back in the day, yeah. Now they, every now single... they always throw it to like an opposition fan who's like got a shirt, like a, a little sign saying like, oh, Hazard, give me a shirt. And yeah. then yeah. Eden Hazard throws it to a Brighton fan because that makes sense. Or some douchebag in a half and half scarf. Yeah, some prick who's got like 18 different Christmas jumpers for the same team or like a hat. (laughs) But no, festive stockings. Uh, Yeah, I mean, mean, they could, but they don't really wear the socks anyway, do they? Because they cut them off at the foot. Do you not know this? They're like footballers that are, like most footballers that are wearing socks, they're not actually wearing socks. It like stops at the ankle. No? No, I can't say I did know that. What? No. Okay. So What are they know... wearing then? They're clearly wearing something. So, no, so like the actual like traditional sock, like the cotton and thicky sock that you, you sports socks. You don't you don't wear those. Like they, they don't because they say that it means that there's too much of a barrier between the foot and the boot. So a lot of players say that there's no connection with the ball and they don't feel as in control of it and all that kind of stuff. So, and I know this happened recently and I saw pictures of it with like Roberto Firmino, that like they actually cut the sock off at the ankle and then under that is like almost like a compression sock. So they wear a boot that's slightly smaller so that they feel like they have more control. And then the sock is actually cut off at the ankle and then tied around the foot with like electrical tape and other stuff. So they're wearing leg warmers like fucking Madonna? Yeah, so effectively the sock is like a leg warmer and once it goes past the boot, because obviously there, there must be... There's there's obviously rules to do with like team colours and stuff that you have to wear a certain thing, but like once it's past the boot, it doesn't matter. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you've played Oscar. I know Chuck, you've played football, but like, uh, so were you a sort of socks pulled right up to the knee sort of chap? Socks up, no shin pads, mate. That's how I roll. <laughs> fucking hell, <laughs> madman. Don't mess about with shin pads. I'm not a fucking coward. Uh, I doubled down the so I would pull them all the way up and then fold them down so that they were like a nice kind of <laughs> lip. 
a below the knee. Yeah, I don't know. There's, there's this new revolution now of, of players' socks going above the knee, which I've never seen before. And the only reason I started noticing it is because on the new FIFA, it's a setting that you can do. And I was like, there's no players that have their socks above the or Apparently there are. There are lots of players who have their socks above their knees, and I don't, I don't care for it. Well, I got a sock question because Dave brought it up. Uh, I don't know if it was on our Twitter or just to me, but he said, surely the best answer is barefoot. So I'm curious to get your guys' takes on barefoot. What do you mean, barefoot in football boots? No, in life, in life. In um, life. Would you rather have, Chuck, I'll, let me phrase it this way. Would you rather have a brand new, perfect pair of socks, or would you rather be barefoot? If I'm wearing shoes. like No, obviously wearing shoes. None of us are heathens. Well, I don't know, no, because I know, <laughs> I know some Australian people, and you say this with heathens, and it's appropriate for Dave Mateo, heathen. Um, uh, too far. Uh, <laughs> I know some Australian people that would not, you know, they're so used to wearing thongs, as they call them, or flip flops, um, that they would wear shoes without socks, and that to me is one of the most unholiest of holies yeah, we've, we've, and horrendous. Yeah. Now, if I'm round my house, like I enjoy not wearing socks because I want to feel f- fresh and free, and maybe that's why. <laughs> I enjoy wearing brand new socks because I want that feeling to carry on because I can't I can't be barefoot inside shoes. Right. So I want like nice socks, but then when I'm home like I want them to be free. Yeah, the moment I'm home I'm like socks are gone. Socks, Is it? trousers, underwear. <laughs> I only put clothes on for this podcast just so you know and that's only because we video chat and, and, and you requested it for some weird reason. <laughs> like I'd happily be be bollock naked right now. Basic human decency, Chuck. <laughs> but that's what I said to Dave. I said the reason we put so much thought into our socks is because we hate them. Because I hate having a constricted foot. And so I want to get as close as possible to barefoot, like you just said, Chuck. So when I am wearing socks, I want to minimize the agony and torture that is being inflicted upon me by said socks. And so I must think of the best possible version of socks to make my life better but i hate socks don't get me twisted everybody yeah, must know I, don't know I hate socks. i don't know if that's my motivation really okay <laughs> i don't know i just think feet are disgusting and <laughs> so therefore to make them feel better like you fresh socks all the time or like the air that's kind of my my way of it i've never seen there, there is no one no one can ever tell me or show me attractive feet they don't exist it's not a thing Chuck, some people pay extra for that sort of thing. I've got I've got a friend, Jason, who's genuinely scared of feet. It's great fun to chase him around. We always used to, when I used to work with him on a bar, just every so often, we'd just take our shoes and socks off and go, Jason, Jason, look, and then just put your foot in his face and he'd freak out and sometimes he'd punch you. But it was funny and it was worth it because he was terrified of feet. Listeners, if you're into feet, this is a safe space and we're not judging you. Okay? No, it's not. Feet are disgusting. I am. Get yep. out. Get, get out. <laughs> you, you're weird foot fetish, you freak. We talk about socks, but we're not foot fetishists. Mm, yeah, I was going to say, I, th- I, don't know, I don't know if we've got much of a leg to stand or a foot to stand on. Um, because, or a sock to stand on. Or a sock to stand on, yeah. Uh, did you see that tweet from Raph where he just went, man, you guys can talk about socks. Yeah, we <laughs> can. <laughs> and evidently, three weeks in, we still fucking still. can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we've... I've kept this from you till now, uh, Oscar, but your wife uh, came in on Facebook, Emily, 
uh, said, apparently the oldest socks currently known were split into two toe sections to fit around a sandal, and ancient Greeks wore socks made of matted animal fur. Would you rather have to wear only matted animal fur socks or only toe socks with sandals for all of 2019? Who the fuck is wearing socks with sandals? The ancient Greeks, it sounds like. Listen, they pioneered a lot of stuff that I'm okay with. Like, you know, wine, evidently, based on this Apparently, episode. Apparently, yep. Um, you know, democracy. But I'm not I'm not on board with that. No, no, get rid. Uh, I'd go for toe socks over disgusting fur Massive socks. animal fur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But did, did disgusting matted animal fur replace shoes as well? Or is that just what you have to stick inside... I don't. It sounds like it was their socks, not their shoes. Otherwise, that's just like a moccasin, basically. Well, either way, I'm wearing socks with sandals, and I'm not. I'm not about that life, guys. No, no, no. The question is: In today's age, you, Chuck Bailey, walking around your life, would right. you rather wear toe socks all the time, or right. matted, furry foot socks things? So, so toe socks, which would mean that I could still wear shoes. No, it, says, have to wear sandals. it says with sandals. So toe socks with sandals or matted animal, animal fur. I think I'll still take the toe socks over the it's, fucking it's animal, animal fur. fur. It's animal fur. Really? Yeah, I'm not I'm not wearing socks with I'm not wearing socks with sandals. That's just atrocious. I'm not wearing fur <laughs> in my Mat- shoes. What's wrong with that? Matted animal fur. You're literally matted wearing animal, like a wool sound jumper like soft, right now. Like... You've got a sheep on your body. That's fur, man. No, Whatever way you look at it, this meat is, is murder. It's been meat processed. is murder. <laughs> <laughs> Go put but... strawberries on your burger, you hippie. <laughs> nah, man. Specifically, though, like matted animal fur sounds gross. Like, I'm not putting that shit on my feet. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> it's all right. Chuck says it's fine. <laughs> I'm not wearing socks and sandals. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with the toe socks completely. I have like... Oh, God. No, no. Oh, Carry god on. damn it. Carry on. Ian controls the edit, buddy. Yeah. So it's whether this stays in awkwardly or not. <laughs> and Twitter questions you. So all you right, may right, as well right. come but out of it now. You I, have. I used to do competitive used uh, to. mud races. Um, like obstacle races, like a Tough Mudder. You guys have Tough Mudder over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough yeah. Mudder, Spartan Race, all that stuff. I used to do that. And to help me without losing my shoes in the mud and to still have grip to get over the walls and stuff, I had those awful shoes that are toe shoes. Do you know the ones I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the name of the brand is Vibrams. They're good for running. Um, and I used to wear them to the mud races. So I'm used to wearing things on my feet that are like have specific sections for specific toes. And it, it was weird at first and then you got used to it. So I, I definitely would go for the toe socks. Suck it to me shoes. There it is. Oh dear. Uh, we've got links to Amazon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you might you might be able to still get your Christmas shopping. I don't know. You, Prime is like next day delivery, isn't it? So you could possibly still get some last ones or you could get some presents uh, or just some cheap shopping in the sales. So if you check our show notes, we have a link to Amazon Prime in both the US and the UK for a one-month trial, and we get a little kickback. It supports us for hosting fees, cheese, strawberries, beef, all that sort of thing. 
yeah experimental like following your suggestions like when you ask us for stuff or or you suggest things to ian and he's very easily suggestible he will go out and buy these things even if evidently they smell like absolute crap and taste like shit he will go out and buy them and do those things for you guys so if even for the ian experimental section where you can just make him do stuff just give us some money I really don't want that to be a strand, but... I mean, I'm sorry, mate, but we'll take it. I'll do anything for the Amazon kickbacks, yeah. He'll be wearing <laughs> socks with toe socks next time we record. Oh, no. I'm not a monster. Bare feet all the way. Not even wearing trousers, as Chuck keeps saying. Yeah, well, that's why we only film from the chest up. Um, So that's it for questions, is it? There no more? No? That, okay. That's it, that's it. Oh, sad. All right, then. So, because I know it's the most awaited section of the entire podcast and for the last time of 2018. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Predictor League of Predictions where someone chose where they would put 20 teams of the Premier League and most of us are wrong, especially Oscar and Ian's son because they are shit and at the bottom... That's how it goes, guys. <laughs> Oscar, you are bottom of the Predictor League. Hey. Standard. However, you are also tied <gasps> with Finley Stimson. Oh, he's going to be gutted. <laughs> Finley, Finley, no uh, presents for Christmas. Yeah, someone's getting a lump of coal. That is... I mean, I mean, if there isn't a metaphorical lump of coal enough that is tying with Oscar in a league of predictions. Oh, how could you do that to him, Oscar, at Christmas? You're leaving him. That's his Christmas number one. And for some reason, somehow, even though it's not alphabetical on the actual league table, you're above him. I don't know how that works. Oh, oh no, it is, it is, because I made up the rules, didn't I? And whoever entered first... What, and that's in the spreadsheet? I mean, I'm just going to shut up, guys. Yes, that's definitely how I made it work. (laughs) Which means that it's a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas miracle, Uh, and Oscar is technically not bottom of the league. Not last, not last, not last. (laughs) Worst to second worst. Worst to second worst. Oh, God bless us, everyone. (laughs) God bless us, everyone. Well, to be fair, though, Oscar, you can say it for the last episode, but I will update the league and post it out. Uh, There's a lot of Christmas fixtures, you know. This could go terribly wrong. It's the small victories, Chuck. It's the small victories. (laughs) It's where you take them. Plus, I don't want to drive Finley too far into the ground. (laughs) Not that I hope he listens to this, Ian. My God, you (laughs) criticise... Yeah, yeah criticise your parenting. <laughs> yeah, you criticised me earlier for having a nine-week-old child. Like, I'd hope your seven-year-old doesn't listen yeah, to I this. I don't really have a leg to stand on, do I? Fuck me, no. So, I tell you what, for for a bit of difference, since we don't run through the normal league of Premier League, should we run through the entire league from bottom to top? Yeah, yeah, do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, from in 22nd place, we have Finley Stimson. So good. 21st. Mm, hate that guy. Oscar. Oscar Puente. 21st. In 20th, we have Josh. In 19th, Jack. 18th, Johnny Worthington. Wasn't he like top at one point? Yeah, yeah but that's how he does at FPL as well. He starts off well yeah, and then he that's crashes and burns. Uh, 
Yeah, I shouldn't really have said that because in 17th, this guy, Chuckles. <laughs> and above him is Oscar's wife, Emily. Emily's on 62, Nat Thorne on 62, Heath Cram on 60, our friends at CPFC HQ are on 58, King Chip on Twitter is at 56, Joe Bloom 54, Jordan 54, Dave Matteo 54, Nicola 54, Carmen 52, Jay Dizzle dropped again at 50, and who's that in 5th? Who's what's I recognise that name? Ian Stimpson. Come on. Knocking on the door at a top three. I'm Arsenal. Christmas. In fourth, we slagged him off earlier, but it's Raphael Briand (laughs) in forty four. in fourth on forty four. I enjoy that. That's yeah. Anyway. In third, Adam P and top. There's still a tie, gents. Pad full and Mr. Live Tweet himself, John OG. Well, not Live Tweet, but Live DM. John OG on 40. There's the league. Who submitted later so we have an official top first place? Oh, why do you want me to look at that now? Oh, God, right. I'll click on a different screen. <laughs> I'll scroll. I'll scroll. I'll sc- Well, maybe it actually has. Maybe I've somehow developed an algorithm. I don't know. <laughs> what have I done? Pad full is officially top based on. Entry date, because that's how it worked and not if you were wearing a green shirt or something when you made your predictions, as I earlier claimed. I'm so glad I got a grasp of those rules, guys. And that kind of, sadly, wraps us up for 2018, doesn't it? It does. What a year. I mean, half a year. What a six months, yeah. What a six (laughs) months. Actually, to be fair, like, what a six months. Like, we've done, like, 28 episodes and stuff. Yeah, I can genuinely say that it was a very long-time dream of mine to do a podcast. And I can think of few people who I'd rather be doing it with than you two fine gentlemen, as much as we like to make fun of each other and joke around. It has been a genuine honor to record with you guys, so thank you to you. And obviously, thank you to our listeners, without whom this would be possible, because it'd just be three of us yelling at each other on Skype. (laughs) Which we did for ages beforehand. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And there you go, guys. Dream big. And you too, one day, can literally record something that goes out to tens of people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, it's, it is. I I agree with Oscar's sentiment that it's been absolutely great fun, and to to interact with you guys on Twitter and and to have questions come in, and to not just be shouting into a void. Um, it is great. So thank you very much, guys, and. Um, yeah, it seems with my child screaming, screaming in the in background. The background yeah. <laughs> it's a great arbiter. Could you be quiet, please? <laughs> Isabel! <laughs> tell Isabel to please be quiet. She did. She, to her credit, she did tell her. <laughs> um, it's been, evidently, it's been, a, it's been a whirlwind year. And um, no, thank you guys. It's been absolutely great fun, amazing fun. It has. What a lovely Christmas message. Cheers. What an absolutely lovely Christmas message. Uh, remember your friends and family. Don't forget to spay and neuter your pets. And um, <laughs> we'll see you in New Year, guys. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. <laughs> do, 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 do. Feliz Navidad. In Norwegian. Can we have it in Norwegian as well, yeah, please? Yeah, I'm doing Oscar? it now. I'm looking it up. <laughs> we can edit that bit out. Uh-huh. Santa baby. Hang on, hang on. 
<laughs> and for our friends in Norway, God Nyat Ar, which is God New Year. <laughs> I mean, again, the Norwegians would know that. Thank you very much, guys. Feliz Navidad. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Take care. <laughs> bye bye. Bye.